your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Thomas Welch. I'm Josh Hyman. And we got a fun one for you today. We're going to be talking about Pavel Bushnevich signing with the St. Louis Blues. Also, some familiar faces on their way out. We won't be seeing them anymore. So we're going to talk about that. Second segment, we're going to talk about kind of the state of the union address of this team, what it's going to look like going into free agency, and then we're going to finish it off by talking about social media. But before we get into all of that, I want to remind you guys about Locked on NHL because you need more hockey news in your life, and Locked on NHL is here to fill that gap. It's our daily podcast on everything happening in the league. You can subscribe and listen each day for a quick look at the biggest stories and game recap. So like I said, subscribe to Locked On NHL today, wherever you get podcasts. So it was reported today that Pavel Bushnevich has agreed to a four-year contract with the St. Louis Blues, $5.8 million average annual value. How do you think this contract looks for the Blues? Personally, I thought he would probably be getting around six or a little bit higher. So yeah, it so seems I. like they're coming, they're coming a little bit under that, but he projects to be top line talent for this squad. I think we talked about on the last episode, he's really going to bring a lot of that blues identity from 2019 that this team's kind of been missing out on. So uh, how do you like this fit? How do you like this contract for the blues? First of all, just want to put it out there. I'm a little, I'm a little under the weather. So apologies in advance if, if I'm not, if I don't have as much pep in my, in my step as usual. But um, I think the Bushnevich contract is great for the Blues. I, first of all, I think, like you said, it came in a little bit under what I expected um, dollar-wise. Uh, so that's just first right off the bat is great when, when you you know you feel like you're getting a guy for, for a cheaper contract than you suspected. Um, but also we talked about before the podcast that his, his advanced stats project really, really well on the penalty kill. And I think that that's an area that the Blues really struggled last season, especially after Sunkfist went down with his injury um, sort of an area that we weren't, we hadn't been talking about a lot this off season because there were a lot of other glaring holes that this team needed to fill. That penalty kill kind of became an afterthought, but the fact that the blues were able to go out and fill one of their biggest holes being, you know, a goal scoring forward. And then also, Hey, this guy can also kill penalties with the, with the, with the best of them out there. Um, it's a great little, little cherry on top of what already was a spectacular signing for the St. Louis blues. But I, I maintained it from, from the moment the trade happened, um, that Bucevic was going to be a huge impact piece for this team. And obviously, you know, that was the hope bringing him in with the trade, but I think he, has the potential to become one of the best forwards on this team in terms of his overall impact. And the fact that he can like kill penalties and, you know, is now doing it for less than $6 million a year, just further amplifies how important this uh, trade and this signing is for the St. Louis blues moving forward. Cause now they got some cap space to play with heading into free agency tomorrow. And we'll get into it later uh, with Jaden Schwartz pretty much confirmed leaving. Um, But I think we both agree that this team is still, a piece or two away from being where we want them to be, but free agency and the potential Vladimir Tarasenko trade are both areas in which that those pieces could be added. So the Buchnevich signing is a perfect step in the right direction, but it's just step one. I think that there's more that this team needs to do for sure. And I get people being a little bit wary about Buchnevich because of the personnel he played with last year. Obviously, 
talented guy is going to play with talented players. But I mean, coming in and having an opportunity to play with Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron, that I would almost make the argument that he's better off here and his point production would probably mimic that. But I really like the fact that this contract is four years because that Stanley Cup window is two years. So essentially, if, if he's pushing that window from two years to four years, and then at the end of his contract, he'll be 30 or 31 years old. So uh, you still have the possibility of not really getting rid of him, but saying goodbye before that decline starts happening. That's one of the things that we've talked about over the last couple episodes on this podcast is uh, you don't want to have guys consistently coming in being 30, 31, 32 years old and having a having a team that's kind of over the hill. You want to keep getting younger and for the Blues, uh, I think this was a move that allowed them to do so. But part of getting younger and not bringing guys back that are kind of over the hill uh, is saying some tough goodbyes. And as you alluded to, Jaden Schwartz seems like uh, he's all but signed pen to paper with the Seattle Kraken. Obviously, Vince Dunn was taken in the expansion draft and is also with the Seattle Kraken. Josh, does it make you mad that the Kraken didn't get this done before the expansion draft so the Blues would still be left with Vince Dunn? Obviously, for Jaden Schwartz, I believe it was reported that he wanted to see uh, what kind of assets the Kraken acquire and uh, how they stack up against other teams before he signed the contract. So that's a smart move for him. It's obviously a start, a smart move for the Kraken, uh, but I would think if you're a Blues fan, you'd be a little bit peeved that they ended up with both of these guys instead of just one. Yeah, I mean, I think we talked about it the day before the expansion draft on the podcast about how them taking Jaden Schwartz would be far and away the best case scenario for the St. Louis Blues. And I guess we didn't choose our words carefully enough because they did take Jaden Schwartz, but just not in the way that we uh, that we hoped. Um, it would have obviously been perfect if, you know, Jaden Schwartz said, oh, I want to do do good for my team and I'll, I'll agree with a contract with Seattle before the expansion draft. That way, the St. Louis Blues don't lose an extra player. Obviously, you know, if he found that in his heart to do that um, and was that confident that he wanted to go to Seattle, then it would have been great. But realistically, it's just not something that would have made a whole lot of sense for anyone other than the St. Louis Blues. Like it would have helped the team a ton, but all you're all you're getting there is asking Jaden Schwartz to just not test the waters in free agency and also ask Seattle to, you know, take Jaden Schwartz now when they very well could get him later and not take another player. So it, it would have had to come at the expense of Jaden Schwartz and the Seattle Kraken wanting to do favors for the Blues when I'm not sure how realistic uh, that request would have been. But yeah, obviously it would have been better um, if, if it worked out like that and, and you wish that you couldn't, you know, you wish that the blues could have kept both of those guys and not lost either of them to Seattle. Um, but the silver lining to that is I think Jaden Schwartz is going to be, uh, a impactful piece for Seattle, but I also think that, uh, a re-signing could have added him to the list of names on this team that are potentially going to be, um, overpaid at the tail end of their contract when they, uh, when they inevitably decline due to age. So as much as it would have been nice to bring Jaden Schwartz back, I, I do worry that the term could be so long that he would have um, continued to sort of cripple this team financially with all of the, the old pieces that we've been talking about. So it, it, it's unfortunate, um, but this is definitely a retooling offseason, and with retooling comes saying goodbye to some familiar faces that are – uh, at the tail end of their peaks, obviously Jaden Schwartz, I think, still has a few good years left. But if this team is sort of redefining itself and bringing in some more youth, it, it 
does make sense to let Jaden Schwartz walk because I do think he's going to be asking for a lot of money and a lot of years as well. So with Bushnevich, I think you're just spending a little bit more money than you would have given to Schwartz for possibly a younger version of him. Like you said, on the penalty kill, he, he brings it a two-way game, but I, I think he's better scoring offensively uh, than Jaden Schwartz. Uh, that remains to be seen. Obviously, uh, the Blues don't have the best track record of uh, players coming in the last couple of seasons and in their first seasons uh, producing right away. But um, we'll see what happens with Bushnevich. There's a lot of parts that go into a working team. I think he's a key one of them. But if you're looking for parts, you got to go to rockauto.com because with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So I endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. You don't have to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more. That's 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership at Rock Auto. It is a family business. They've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are always reliably low. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you guys. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com when we come back we're going to talk about the state of this team as it stands right now what a projected lineup could look like familiar face coming to the central as a Vesna winner uh, makes an impact for the Chicago Blackhawks will he play will he not play we're going to get into it when we come back so don't go anywhere As it stands right now, I did a little mock-up the other day on Twitter of a projected lineup. That's a projected lineup for the St. Louis Blues. So if you don't agree with this, you don't have to form a mutiny or anything. There's a lot of guys on this team that can play left wing or right wing. Uh, this is just from my mental standpoint, what I'm looking at here. Uh, so you got a first line of either Shen or Bushnevich on that left wing or right wing, whatever. Uh, I have Shen, uh, Ryan O'Reilly, and David Perron on the first line. And then Bushnevich, Thomas, and Cairo on the second line. And this is where it gets dicey. You've got third and fourth lines here that have been a staple for Blue success all the way back to 2019. Obviously, they want to get back into that fold and play that similar style of hockey. So you would think that a third line and a fourth line's impact here would be crucial to the St. Louis Blues and one of their focal points for this offseason. You've got Zach Sanford, Oscar Sundquist, Probably not even going to start the season there, so that's a question mark. Tyler Bozak, that's a question mark as well because he's a free agent. Kyle Clifford is probably going to be on your fourth line. Ivan Barbashev is probably going to be on your fourth line. And I have Clem Costin on the fourth line as well. So how do you think that lineup stacks against the rest of the Central Division? How do you think that lineup stacks against Marc-Andre Fleury if they're trying to score against the Chicago Blackhawks? It doesn't sound like Mike Hoffman and the St. Louis Blues are on the same page here. Maybe something gets done before free agency. Maybe something gets done after free agency. Maybe something doesn't get done at all. But I think for Mike Hoffman to come back to the Blues... Vladimir Tarasenko has to get traded. So that's something that could potentially happen before midnight tonight. There's a whole lot of chaos going on. Give us some clarity here. I think there's an an absolute arms race going on in the Central right now. Um, with Seth Seth Jones getting added to Chicago a few days ago, and now Mark Andre Fleury, if he you know if he stays and plays and doesn't retire, um, 
Central's going to be going to be heating up in Arizona, you know, going out and getting a billion picks and players and who knows what else. Um, it's it's certainly gearing up to be a crazy busy off season and and while the Blues have made some decent initial steps, I still think that they're a couple pieces away from really establishing themselves as a contender and what's always been a difficult central division and is only going to get more difficult as the teams around them continue to upgrade. So Buchnevich bringing him in is a great start. Um, whether or not you bring Hoffman back, I guess that's something that's going to going to play into the the off season as well. Obviously, you hope that this Harrisonko trade can happen sooner rather than later to free up that cap space for free agency. But free agency starts tomorrow at the time of recording. So maybe it's the next episode we record. Maybe it's the one after that. But the hope is that this this team, the direction of this team, will be apparent to fans pretty pretty soon. Um, day one of free agency is going to be crazy. It always is. The Blues have always known to be uh, pretty big players in free agency. And I, I have no reason to believe that they won't be big players again this offseason. Um, even if they don't get the Tarasenko trade done, I believe you're allowed to go like 10% over the salary cap or something like that. You're allowed to go over the salary cap um, during free agency and stuff a little bit. Um, so even if they don't trade Tarasenko, that's no indication that they're not going to be big spenders in free agency. But I think that they need to be big spenders in free agency in order to in order to take this team to that next level, to take that next step. Um, Buchnevich is a great step in the right direction, and I think that they're in a much, much better place than they were uh, before the entry draft and before they traded for Buchnevich and before they drafted those players. Um, but there's still more work that needs to be done, and I think if we're sitting here tomorrow or the next day and we're looking at the same roster, uh, maybe besides like a, a sixth defenseman or whatever, what have you, if the Blues don't go out and add another pretty big name to this team i think that there's a little bit of reason for concern to say that i think there's a step behind the rest of the teams that they're going to be competing with for me just looking back at this mock lineup that i have looking down the middle at center right and it's ryan o'reilly robert thomas oscar sunquist and ivan barbashev and so ideally like Sonny's probably not going to start the season as he's coming off a torn ACL, right? And even if he can start the season, you probably don't want him to uh, maybe rest him up a little bit, especially with uh, these team doctors. You don't really know what's going on there. So if you can potentially bring in a top six left wing that's going to push Braden Shen back to the middle and your middle looks like Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shen, Robert Thomas, and Ivan Barbashev, that makes me feel a lot more comfortable than these question marks that I'm glaring at right now. And so that could potentially be a guy like Saad. That could potentially be a guy like Landeskog, obviously. But Colorado Avalanche have until midnight tonight to sign Grubauer and Landeskog. So there's potential that one of those gets signed. There's potential that neither of those get signed. There's potential that both of those get signed. So, um, as it stands right now, I think kind of what we've both been alluded to this entire episode is there are a lot of question marks, but as you said, we should be getting some clarity here in the next one to two episodes of what Doug Armstrong's targets are, specifically the free agency, because I do think, like a lot of people think, there are some areas that this team needs to improve to stack up against the rest of the Central, which we've talked about on this podcast is a much better division than we were in last season, and we still barely made the playoffs. Um, and we haven't even talked about adding defensively yet, which at the end of last season, I think everyone was on the same page that we needed to do. So uh, at the end of the day, I think Doug Armstrong is going to have a busy offseason in front of him, and I think it's all going to start 
tomorrow at 11 o'clock central time. The different avenues that Doug Armstrong could take, the different routes that Doug Armstrong could take to upgrade this team. And I think ever since the the Buchnevich trade, ever since the expansion draft, it came became kind of clear what his plan was. And all roads lead to free agency, at least in the way that it's looking right now. The Blues have been patient. They haven't been too aggressive in terms of trading Tarasenko. Um, they haven't been too aggressive in potentially overpaying for a guy like Jaden Schwartz or a guy like Mike Hoffman or even Tyler Bozak, who has yet to yet to resign. You know, he might, but still, uh, the fact that the Blues haven't really signed any of their big names makes me think that they're not going to be complacent with bringing back the same or a very similar roster next season. The fact that they want to go into free agency and make some big, big splashes, sign some big names. Um, but there's still a lot of stuff that needs to happen Besides that, you know, trading Vladimir Tarasenko, a couple other qualified uh, restricted free agents that they need to figure out as well. So we're reaching we're reaching the end of uh, or the beginning of the end, I should say, in terms of Doug Armstrong upgrading this team because I think there's a lot that's going to happen. But um, the the plan is getting more clear than it was in in weeks prior. You know, we spent a lot of time saying, "Oh, it's going to be a crazy off season. Who knows what's going to happen?" Now we have a, a little bit of a better idea of what's going to happen, and and we can look at it and say, "Okay." Trade Tarasenko, sign free agents. Those are really the only two things that can happen uh, for Doug Armstrong here. And Tarasenko trade may happen today. It may happen tomorrow. It may happen weeks from now. It may never happen, as they potentially alluded to. I doubt that. But still, as of right now, looking at free agency and saying that is the number one priority for this Blues team. Um, and I think that there are some names out there that they can go after. Ryan Suter is not one of them, as as was uh, news broke yesterday. He's asking for a little bit too much term, but I think that there are definite holes in this team that Doug Armstrong will hopefully fill tomorrow when free agency opens. Yeah, and things can happen fast in the hockey world. I think we saw that in the offseason before uh, 2019 Stanley Cup run. I think the Blues won that offseason. Uh, so all it really takes is a couple pieces uh, to fall in line in the Blues' favor. Uh, and this team could be drastically different by the time uh, the season comes around. So it might not be a bad idea to throw some money down on them for a Stanley Cup win. Uh, I bet the odds would be in your favor. So if you want to do that, you got to go to betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and NHL is right around the corner, oddly enough, even though it feels like it just ended. You can track all of that action at Bet Online. You can get all the latest news, odds, info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC or MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs through the playoffs. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on. That's a 50% welcome bro- that's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. When we come back, we're going to talk about the fact that Mark Andre Fleury was traded to the Chicago Blackhawks. Nobody told him he was traded until he found out on Twitter. So we're going to talk about NHL players having Twitters, using Twitter, ghosting on Twitter, and uh, Doug Armstrong being on Twitter as well. So don't go anywhere. All right, Josh. So obviously, anytime a player is traded, 
there should be a little bit of communication, especially a player of Mark Andre Fleury's uh, caliber, right off of Vesna Trophy. Uh, pretty much the franchise, the face of the franchise of the Vegas Golden Knights from the time that he was picked in the expansion draft. There was no communication. He found out scrolling Twitter. But if you search Mark Andre Fleury's name on Twitter, there is no verified Twitter account. So that leads me to believe that he's kind of incognito he's on there. He's got a burner, and I feel like a lot of players either have burners or make it look like from their verified accounts that they don't tweet or don't use social media, but sometimes they might just scroll and see what's going on. There are players that search their names. There are players uh, that directly seek out um, the criticism or uh, what people might be saying about them. So in your opinion, um, how is social media changing the landscape of the NHL and sports as a whole. Uh, and what do you think Doug Armstrong's role is in social media as a whole, but uh, Blue's Twitter potentially? Wow, that is a loaded question. That's a loaded question. Um, well, obviously, first and foremost, uh, hockey Twitter is literally the, the birth of, of both of our uh, platforms in terms of having this podcast and all that. So. First and foremost, I just want to say I'm very grateful for Hockey Twitter. I'm, I'm glad it exists. I enjoy the community aspect of it. But the flip side of that is um, Hockey Twitter can be a, a scary, scary place. Um, if you, you know, if you tweet something, or not even, if you have an opinion that is not commonly shared amongst Hockey Twitter, you will, you, you it's not very hard to find those who, who, uh, have those differing opinions from you and and I'm sure that's no different for players or management alike you know uh, p- management makes a move or, or players play you know go out and have a performance and they go they go on Twitter and they are it's they have a very easy time seeing what the masses think of how they played or the trade that they just made or the sign that they just made or whatever what have you um, and and well that can make well you could argue that that's uh, beneficial well you can say like oh you know fans are able to voice their opinion fans can form a community it's also potentially a little damaging i mean you see in the nba you see kevin durant with his twitter fingers all the time you know clapping back at fans who are just using his name not even adding him so he's just searching his name and replying to them you you can tell that these guys um these athletes as uh as you know professional that they may seem some of them still have that uh that desire to see what's being said about them on the internet and Obviously, this isn't the same case, you know. Mark Andre Fleury just potentially scrolling through and seeing, oh, I got traded. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these players, a lot of these GMs, go on Twitter to see what people think of the moves they make or the games they play. Um, and and it's dangerous. It's it's a way that fans can voice their opinion in a lot more of an easy way than you know, obviously pre social media. You can get a lot of people agreeing with you. You can get a platform. Um, so I think I think it it it's a good reminder of maybe these these tweets that you think you're you're shouting at the cloud aren't as anonymous as you might think. Maybe that uh, slanderous tweet about Zach Sanford, maybe he saw that. Um, so who knows? It's 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 definitely weird to think about that these guys all have burners or creeping around and seeing what's said about them behind the scenes. It's kind of a double edged sword, right? Because and I think social media as a whole is. Anytime you talk about social media, it's like a double-edged sword because you can realistically build a community like St. Louis Blues hashtag has really done. I feel like you start getting to know people 
I've gotten to know my girlfriend uh, <laughs> through Twitter. I've gotten to know you as well. And like That's you said, true. this podcast would not be here without us both tweeting about blues hockey. And I think the community that's kind of built, you already have a step up on forming a friendship with someone just by talking about the St. Louis Blues and being passionate about it together. On the flip side of that, it also creates a mob mentality of where uh, people who disagree with each other, I feel like on social media, it's a lot easier to be combative when you don't have to view someone's face or their emotions. You're just looking at an avatar or a picture of a cat or whatever it might be. So that is a problem. And then people who do think like the same idea or have the same mindset that is already combative, they can get together a lot easier with people that have the same mindset as them. And that's kind of when you have situations like it was similar with Jake Allen, where I don't think Blues fans meant anything by it. And I don't think it was all malice. But at the end of the day, there were a lot of people who did not like the production that Jake Allen gave to the St. Louis Blues. And we said it before on here on this podcast, like, I don't think he would have gotten us over the hump. I don't I think he was is the best backup goalie in the league. But when you put him in a starter role and give him a ton of games, it seems like he struggled a little bit. Mm. But I think fans really let him hear it, especially like at home games and like booing him when he would let in a lot of goals and all of those things. And I think that weighed heavily on him. And I think the success that he's had in his backup role with Montreal kind of mimics that. Like you said, with Sanford, it's kind of the same thing. And I know I'll be the first one to say I don't want to see Zach Sanford in a first line role, but I'm also not going to go like at him on Twitter and like make sure he sees these tweets and just like absolutely rip him apart because that's not going to help anyone's development, much less a guy who's already had a hard time making his way in this league. So I do think there's levels to this thing. And I do think Vegas could have definitely gone about this a much better way than letting their, like I said, face of their franchise since the time of the expansion draft and a Vesna winner find out that he was traded through the use of social media. You know, it's definitely not like Marc-Andre Fleury was completely blindsided by this, like the tweets all coming up that he knew that he was being shopped. But still, it's it's got to be weird. Um, you know, you search your name on social media and all of a sudden you see that you've been traded to another team. It, it definitely feels like, I don't know, it speaks to the the state of social media that the fact that this trade was probably, like the paperwork was probably put through so quickly or, or the 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 tweet was probably made so quickly after the paperwork was put through like i don't think kelly mccrennan really just said like oh yeah let's let's not even bother telling mark andre for the, the fact of the matter is is probably twitter is probably so quick to report these things that mark andre flurry found out before he got the chance to be told but still it goes to show you just how much of an impact that twitter can have and we think we're just sort of you know tweeting at each other and have this community but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some blues players lurking around and, you know, reading the stuff that's said about them. And that's true for every other player on every other team. So it's a good reminder that that we hold a lot of power in these Twitter fingers. And that being said, Doug Armstrong, like we said, is on social media as well. I believe in a uh, in a podcast interview, he said he does have a burner account. So the stuff that you say on Twitter can be seen by Doug Armstrong. So if you have a good idea, like offer sheeting Vince Dunn uh, or something along those lines, uh, throwing that out into the social media atmosphere uh, does not go unnoticed and you could potentially plant a seed in the brain of Doug Armstrong. But I think that's all the time we have for today. So thank you guys so much for listening to the Locked on Blues podcast. It's going to be 
really busy here the next couple of days. It might even get really busy here tonight, so uh, there's potential for another episode today. There's going to be a lot of content back-to-back, and we're going to bring it all to you here. So any breaking news with the St. Louis Blues, you can get it right here. So make sure you follow us, subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We've got a YouTube coming soon, uh, so really excited for that. At Locked On Blues, you can follow me on Twitter and Spotify Green Room at 12 or 15. You can follow Josh on Twitter and Spotify Green Room at Josh Hyman NHL. But thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.